then when these terrible things happen, you can still in your heart go, you know, I did what I could. I loved the best way I could. This is the Tabernacle Podcast with me, Britton Bishop. What's up, y'all? John is uh, on a hiatus still. We miss him crazily. I'm, I'm so pumped for John to be back. He adds something to the show. But what he doesn't add is what's across from the table today. <laughs> for the first time in podcast history, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Hughes. Man, I'm pumped. This is the the producer of your wonderful podcast that you all love, Matt, and his wonderful wife, who we've all met. Um, the queen, Victoria mm-hmm. Hughes. So they are joining us. What's up? Britain, I'd love to say it's good to be here, but uh, <laughs> my comfort zone is definitely on the uh, other mm-hmm. side of the microphone. Of producing podcasts. Yeah. Well, and it. you create the jingle, too. He does. He's I do. Guitar. We should have done a real one. <gasps> live. A live one? A live <laughs> intro. Okay, that would have been cool. <laughs> Way to think about it after yeah. the fact. That's usually how it works. Mm-hmm. Victoria, what's up? How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I just want you to clarify, when you say we're missing John? Like he's not here. Ouch. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you're missing something, <laughs> it's just missing. But I miss him. I do miss John. He adds, I learn every time he's here. So That's yeah. fair. No, That's I, fair. Every, any guest we have, it's been fun. You were with us on our Rattle episode mm-hmm. and uh, that, that series campaign, whatever you want to call it, man, that was so awesome. And that was a it great was. episode. But today's... Um, I, w- I wish I could say I'm more excited about, but I think <laughs> yeah. there's a sense of like almost tension, discomfort as we bridge this topic that we're talking about today is this topic is faith in the midst of tragedy. And uh, if you're listening to this, it's something that isn't easy to talk about. And if we're being completely honest, faith in the midst of tragedy isn't something that's easy to have all the time. And so what better place to talk about it than here. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to act like um, I'm an expert or I'm not going to speak for you guys. You may be experts, but uh, (laughs) so bear with us, but we're here and uh, we're going to try to bridge this topic the best we can and uh, ultimately try to point to Jesus and the fact that uh, he's good and he loves us a lot. And so Matt, Victoria, before we get to that, man, how are you guys doing? What's going on? We got to like kind of warm up a little bit. I feel (laughs) like before we start, we're doing good. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. We're just... uh... We're gearing up for Christmas season Ooh. and all the things tabernacle Christmas. That. Uh, is is it going to be stolen? St- what? <laughs> it's oh, a theme hint. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. We're gearing up for just uh, set design and, yeah. and all that stuff. Love it. You guys are the ones behind the scenes that make everything look pretty and cool and sound awesome. So we try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We put a good effort in. So that's the shameless plug, but- <laughs> Tabernacle family. Yeah, it will. It'll be a good Christmas. Um, We have good plans, lots of plans. What is, all right, while we're talking about it, this will drop actually decently close to Christmas towards Thanksgiving time, but in my ideal calendar, Thanksgiving is Thursday, and then the rest of everything around it is becoming Christmas, because as Victoria knows, I hate Christmas. (laughs) But I'm slowly trying to not hate Christmas as much. I'm proud of you. So for the sake of... My future family, I think. I'm a Grinch. So what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Before um, we start, and then we'll get into the podcast. <laughs> what is my favorite Christmas tradition? Uh, oh, my gosh. I would say listening to your favorite um, no, why, your no, favorite music. No. No, it's not. Well, there's one in particular <laughs> from back home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, 
a CD, no less, um, that was one of my dad's favorites, and he's gone now. So I have to listen to that when I'm putting a tree up. It's Winchester Cathedral Choir. Back home, so not Traverse City? No. Oh, okay. uh, (laughs) I think that's probably the one that's a... Absolute. Okay, has to be listened absolutely to. Absolutely non-negotiable. Uh, no, you. No, no, no. I've got no. it now. Okay, I've moved into current times. Awesome. And, yeah, that's sweet. Yep. Matt, do you have one besides eating all the Christmas goods? Because uh, well, that's my favorite. We have tea rings. Probably. Yeah. Um, tradition for me would definitely be my. Well, it would have been my grandmother's tea rings. Okay, Swedish tea rings. Um, I don't even know what delicious. that is. And then, Dude, I made some for you last year. Oh, I yeah. think you had them last year. Yeah. But the recipe delicious. gets gets uh, very carefully passed down okay. to each generation mm-hmm. uh, if they're deemed uh, worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, it did um, it we did do come have to it me. That's in our true. house? So love it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a perfect transition into faith in the midst of tragedy. Because yes. for a long time, that's what Christmas was for me. Tra- no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, so. my gosh, please. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think, want to hear your sob story. Uh, my favorite Christmas tradition to date is um, Lucy's chocolate chip cookies. Boom. <laughs> That's, that was my last year. I was Christmas. <laughs> oh, first, the great big huge ones yeah, as big as your face? First Christmas uh-huh. ever on my own in my apartment. Just solo Christmas. Oh, that's right. And I ate. I think 12 cookies in one oh, day. Man. <laughs> and they're huge. Oh, yeah, they're massive. They're absolutely It's like huge. a whole gallon of milk yes. involved in that day. That's of, right. I, I want to say it was a good that. day, but it sounds like a really sad day now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> so, I'll have her make some of you. <sighs> yes. Um, <laughs> so, no, I'm pumped. Um, I think whenever I think of faith in the midst of tragedy, there's a Bible story that comes to mind for me, um, at least, and it's this the the death of Lazarus, and there's this beautiful picture painted as Jesus is gathering the disciples, and they're they've just left this area where the Jews have tried to kill Jesus. They tried to throw stones at him, and they leave, and Jesus is back with the disciples, and now they get news that his family, um, his dear friend Lazarus, um, has died or he's dying, and Jesus kind of takes his time uh, getting there, four days actually. <laughs> For Jesus to go, and he he talks to the disciples, and he says some things like Lazarus has fallen asleep, and now it's time that we go wake him up. And he kind of breaks this all down for the boys because I think in their head it's kind of like, all right, like we've seen you do some cool stuff, Jesus. Like we all know, like he's our homie. Like we should probably just go. And Jesus, is like, okay, listen, like this is going to serve to glorify the Father. This is going to be something that's incredible. And so you see this greater plan that Jesus has in the midst of what would be a, a tragic incident for the for the mothers involved, the sisters, the friends. But there's this greater idea that's happening. But as you continue in that story, it gets to this place where they go and they show up and Jesus walks in and and he finds Mary and uh, she's weeping. And and there's a moment where we see a beautiful picture of the Jesus that I know I serve. And this is something that I have to remind myself often is that he's not just like this high up in the air God that's telling me all the wrong things I'm doing, but he's this this God that wants to do life with me and has done life with people. And then there's this beautiful picture where they show up and he sees them weeping. And it says, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And I think that that is a beautiful picture because in the midst of all this, as it sets it up in John 11, Jesus knows why he's going to heal Lazarus, right? He knows that he's going and he's going to raise Lazarus again. And many Jews are going to see this incredible miracle. And many people are kind of come to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. But in this moment of tragedy, Jesus has moved in his spirit. 
He's greatly troubled, and he weeps with them. And I think that for me, when I think of faith in the midst of tragedy, that's a version of Jesus that I forget of often when I'm trying to deal with the stuff going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Anything come to, like, whenever you think of that, because I know for me, like, anytime tragedy strikes, it's instantly, like, my instant, like, demeanor that I shift to is how can I be okay for everyone else around me? Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of like, okay, I'm going to fake this. I'm going to try to be funny or whatever, mm-hmm. but I can't show any of the pain that I'm experiencing for the sake of others. And so, I don't know. Do you guys have any? Well, I think, so when we look at the Gospels, right? So, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're four. While they look as though they're the same, just different perspectives of the same story, they're different perspectives on Jesus. So, mm-hmm. right? So, Matthew is Jesus the king. Uh, Mark is Jesus the servant. Uh, Luke is Jesus, son of man, and John, uh, I think Mark Luke and John, is um, son of God. We mm-hmm. see Jesus. So we kind of see different facets and portrayals right. of God, of Jesus. But um, throughout all, so, so when we see him as the king and a son of God, those are uh, hard for us to kind of find a personal point mm-hmm. of reference for. But when we, so when we read that passage, and we read him as read uh, of him as an emotional, compassionate, um, moved, yeah. experienced grief. It's like you're saying we can forget. Sometimes we right. forget that, um, and that in you know obviously he's not like us. He's right. perfect and yeah. and never sinned and all that. But um, knowing he cried, yeah, and the loss of his friend, even knowing what he was about to do. Right. And I think, too, it almost, when I read that, is it's almost he's giving them permission to mourn. Right. Is it's like, no, you don't just need to be, oh, Jesus is here and everything's right, fixed. But he's right. like, I mean, it says that his spirit was deeply moved and greatly troubled. Right. And so there's a moment where he possesses all the power in this situation. He knows what's about to happen. But there's still this moment that even in Jesus' own spirit, he's moved by the community that he's a part of. These are people that he grew up with, that he's been doing life with, whatever that looks like. And he sees them impacted. And he's like, I'm not just going to act like it's not, this isn't the time for the Jesus in the boat rebuke of why do you have so much little faith, right? But he sees this moment and he's like, and so I I just love this picture of Jesus because I think we forget Mm -hmm. so often that side of him in the midst of tragedy. At least I know I have. He's he's fully God and he's fully man at the same time. And I think the fully man part is the only way that we humans right. can relate mm. to him. And like you said, in that moment, he, he gave people permission, you know, yeah. to, to emote and react. Well, right. And don't you think too, and you know, I'm always worried about saying heretical things, but um, that death, we were never supposed to die, right? right. We, we were supposed to, this death wasn't supposed to be it's the, it's the product a part of, of sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, is is Jesus weeping for the loss of his friend, but also for just the the deep impact of just death? And it was never supposed to be that way. Yeah. yeah. So was That's, he also right? I think I think that there's a ton of things that go right. into that because as you see the pain and the hurt that is involved in this, I think obviously yeah. like Jesus was there yeah. when they're creating this thing. Exactly. Right? I mean, he is the image that we were created in is yeah. the, this part of the Trinity, and so I think that. 
Jesus obviously knew that there was a better idea for life. Exactly. And now he's right. came down and he's doing life and he's doing ministry. And now he's, I mean, obviously he knows he's on mission, all knowing, but he's experiencing these things with people. Yes. And I think that that's a huge moment too, is that this death is a product is of sin. And I think mm-hmm. that's so often something we forget. We get to this place of why God, right? In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of, I mean, death is often where we go with tragedy, but there's so many moments where it turns into like a shaking fist moment with God. Like, why did you cause this to happen in my life? And when we really boil it down, right? I mean, we could take the easy way out and blame Adam and Eve that sin exists, right. but if it wasn't them, it would have been me, right? Mm. <laughs> so um, exactly. I definitely would have eaten that. I mean, I, there's anything I've proven <laughs> in my life it's that I would have eaten it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, there's just this picture um, of Jesus is experiencing this, not that he is sinning, but he's experiencing the impact of sin. Right. And I think that that's probably where a lot of the trouble comes from is he's like, man, this sucks. Yep. You know, watching not people. That Jesus probably didn't say sucks. Well, maybe he yeah. did. But um, <laughs> yeah, watching all the pain and suffering and the feeling of loss mm-hmm. of all the people who loved Lazarus. And yeah. so, yeah, I think he's just grieving for all of that yeah. and his friend. Yeah, for sure. So the big picture and the immediate I don't know. Matt, any thoughts before we go into this kind of next part? Mm. No, let's move on. Yeah. I think this next part is really cool too is, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Right? So they're almost like now they found another way to doubt Jesus, right? So, man, he loved this guy. And it's like, oh, well, if he really loved him, right? And they begin to doubt Jesus. But I love this next part. Then... Jesus deeply moved. I love this word again. And so first move that we see in this is the move just to weep and be with these people. And I think often that's probably a discounted part of this story because we often, I mean, you've always heard the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, right? The resurrection before the resurrection, all this. But based off what scripture is telling me is that's the second deep move of Jesus in this story. And it says that he came to the tomb and it was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by the time there will be an odor, for there has been dead for four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Then he had said these things, and he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen straps and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. And so he gets back to like the mission portion of God, thanks for doing this. I know this is a part of the plan. These people are going to come to believe. But I think for the sake of this podcast, really honing in on this faith in the midst of tragedy, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. In you guys' experience, has that been something that's easy for you? Is it difficult for you? I don't know. Where are you at with that? I think that's an easy, there's an easy trap to fall into. Um, and we kind of touched on that a, a minute ago about, you know, getting mad at God and shaking the fist and mm-hmm. saying, why did you let this happen? It's right. like, no, he allowed that to happen, right. but he didn't make that happen. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's such a challenge for all of us here on earth <laughs> um, to, to realize that and to accept that and to embrace that. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the challenge for us is to 
somehow find find what can be beautiful in that. Mm. You know, yeah, all things can be turned around for His glory. Yeah, and that's it's easy to say that, right? Um, it's another thing it. to to believe that and to put that into into practice. Yeah, and I know for me especially, like when I look at my life and the. The tragedies for me that hurt the worst are the ones where I thought I was doing the right thing. And then in the midst of that, it didn't go the way I thought God should have worked that out, right? And it's like, dude, what the heck? Like, I, I'm, I'm taking your word and I'm applying it here and we're trying to do all this stuff. And I, I mean, I think back to um, a student that oh, – the story sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a student that I had opportunity to do ministry with for a long time and uh, – grinding it out, struggled with ton with mental health issues. And, uh, I mean, at the conclusion of this years later, moving away and we kind of spent a ton of time sitting down together and just kind of really speak, trying my best to speak life. And then in the midst of that, um, the students still took their own life and it's like, Mm. what the heck God, like what, Mm. what happened? And it's like, in the midst of all of that. And then it's like, and then I'm all of a sudden like blaming God, like he, and it's like, Listen, man, sin exists, and the enemy is real, and there's—I mean, it's these are things that I don't don't blame me, right? I think you said it perfectly: is God didn't make it happen; He allowed it to happen, and that's this beautiful picture of Him being a sovereign God. But what I've seen come out of that now, long term, in the moment, my faith was wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. I'd only—I mean, only been a Christian for probably start to finish in this relationship, probably two years maybe and uh at the end of that two years had another friend that um i went to college with we were hunting buddies and uh he attempted to take his own life as well but unfortunately (laughs) he missed and so the bullet came out of his cheek and uh, he was in the hospital intensive care all this and uh i never knew why i experienced that whole conversation with that person before but it was just this beautiful picture to be able to walk back into this room with this guy and say, listen, man, we've been through this. You know them, right? This is somebody that we both knew. And it's like, and they don't get to try again, but you do. And it was just so cool seeing how God used, mm. how wow. he redeemed it. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's the ultimate word is God. Mm-hmm. It isn't someone, that, but he redeemed it and he used it. And now that person, I mean, they're incredible. They're serving in church. Um, they're, they don't work in the church, but they're just an awesome dude that I still have awesome relationship with. But so kind of those things are kind of some of the experiences. And in the midst of that, as I look back at my faith, I'm like, I don't know if I'm the one to tell people how to have faith in the midst of tragedy. I think the ultimate boiling down point that someone told me was keep it pushing. You just keep going. But I don't know. I mean, do you guys have any? I don't, on that. I don't think you should let those thoughts diminish right. your experience and diminish yeah. what you can offer. Right. Um, you know, we all, we all have different experiences and yeah, some of them are incredibly painful. Some might be less painful, but for each person, they're just as real. Right. Yeah. Your so experiences are your experiences. That'd be yeah. my encouragement to you is to, for sure. to not let those thoughts creep in. Dang, this has turned into another therapy <laughs> session. This is Tab family. It's like the fifth episode in a row where this has turned into Britain's therapy but session. Tab, tab is running. Can there, I man. promise you guys, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say. Uh, I know. I have a question for you. So when that first oh, student... <laughs> really? Wow. I'm That's fine. I just won't ask. Do we have tissues? No, ask Do we have tissues? <laughs> I've got them right here. The Tim's flag. <laughs> um, 
when the first student passed away, did you blame yourself? Um, no, okay. because there was an easy third party to blame. Okay. If that makes sense. But I did have the moments of what if I would have done more? Okay. So, so here's, here's my thought on this, and I'm going to say this as carefully as I can right. with, with some clarifying things after I'll try to get this into words. So if you, if you're living your life the best you can to be like Jesus, right? Right. And you are, that's it, just doing the best you can because that's all any of us can ever do is the best that we can. When these things happen, you will have grief Mm. and you will have pain and you'll have just that deep sense of loss. But you probably won't have shame and guilt. You might have some remorse, but do you know what I'm saying? Like that, those self loathing those mm-hmm. things where you just know I'm not so you could have done things differently because sometimes like you said you can feel that way right but you know I mean you're gonna have those overarching things but the deep terrible dark feelings about yeah. yourself so and that's not to say that when tragedies happen whether it's a divorce or whatever um God still is a gracious and merciful and forgiving God but that's why, you know, we live our lives aligning ourselves with him, trying to be like him, like we always say, right. be like Jesus with skin on. When these things happen, you can say, you know, Lord, I did the best I could. Right. I tried to be like you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, grief, loss, but not shame and yeah. guilt and the really dark stuff that takes us down a terrible path. And I just want to say again, if you, because, you know, I went through a divorce and right. felt shame and guilt and God still is using me, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I walked that through with him and worked it through with him. But I think we know tragedy is coming, right? Right. I think it's John 16. You know, you will have troubles in this Mm -hmm. world, but I have overcome all that. Yeah, Um, It's coming. Mm -hmm. So the best we can do to do, like you just said, um, I think you said, you know— you didn't think you didn't blame yourself, but other things I could have done differently, other things right. I could have said. But if we're trying to do it the way Jesus would, if we're loving people for all the right motivations, right? Not right. for self gain or whatever, then when these terrible things happen, you can still in your heart go, you know, I did what I could. Right. I loved the best way I could. Like we just had a situation um that just went so badly. Um, there was someone in our lives that we'd been pouring into for decades, but especially the last 10 years. And um, it just, uh, at the end of it, just went so horribly wrong because of addiction, but ended up with just death and destruction from it. And while we've just been devastated by it and the grief is so bad, we can still go, you know what, we loved the best we could. Mm. We brought Jesus into this person's life. And we believe he's not done with this person. Jesus is not done with yeah. this person. But we weren't like guilt and, oh, man, you know, we really messed this up. And does all that make sense? Yeah. I'm just babbling now, say, but do no, you know what I mean? No, for sure. And would you say like that response that happened in the most, like the recent form of that, is that something that's changed over time? Like do you have like in your story, is there times where it was like 
at the like you said, like your divorce, like yeah. you were instant guilt and shame. Yes. And now it's like, okay, well, I did the best I could. Yes, hundred percent. What would you say was the biggest shift, kind of in the middle? Like, what changed for you that kind of shifted those two responses? Yeah, to I can that? totally tell you. So yeah, after my divorce, there was a lot of just you know, I had I had two young kids who are now older in their teens, but I just felt so much like I failed. Mm. I failed at this marriage and. I shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, but lots of shame and guilt and just, you know, I had responded badly and just really hardened heart. And I've told this story before, but not here, but um, shortly after I was um, clearing out a bunch of stuff um, and just finding, you know, things where I could really track that marriage, how it started off so great letters and cards and photos and then seeing how over the decade of our marriage it just just fell apart and it just broke something inside me absolutely broke something inside me uh literally in a moment I was on my knees next to sitting on the bed looking at all this stuff and just absolutely sobbing like my heart was breaking and just and finally I kept saying I'm sorry I'm sorry you know I knew I was talking to God and just absolutely broken Mm. and I in a moment felt it lift and when it lifted it was never there again the guilt and the shame was gone the dark stuff the sludge like inside it just felt purged and um and and i felt a peace Mm. there's no other way to put it yeah it was an absolute peace not just in that moment but like in my soul right and um and i remembered that i remembered that i didn't want to walk that way anymore I didn't want to carry that stuff anymore and if I had those feelings I just gave them over just laid them out there just open-handed gave them to God and prayed it through and um which took a volitional action on my behalf but um but then was really aware of it so sort of going you know with this person that we were just pouring into and loving the best we could it was is this self-serving? What's my motivation behind this? Um, so I think seeing God be faithful in the divorce aftermath, um, loving me anyway, feeling forgiveness and grace. Um, it's like, it's like uh, you remember that scene in The Lion King mm-hmm. where Rafiki smacks Simba over the head and then he goes to do it again and Simba ducks? It's like that, but the opposite. Right. So I had seen God move and love me and give me peace and calm and steady. And I remembered that. Yeah. So anytime stuff came up again, it's like, no, I know he's faithful. Yeah. If I open my hands and say, I'm sorry, take this, mm. then. So it's again another really long winded answer, but no, it's all good. I'm talking in it's circles. Podcast, but, we can do whatever we want. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and like I think I've too, seen him be faithful. Yeah. And I would say the same in my experience. And then, but I know for me, and maybe this is just me, uh, it sometimes takes me like there's still the initial wave of oh crap yeah, yeah, or yeah. hurt or pain. And so and I think often the misconception that Christians get because I've seen this. I did a funeral just a little while ago and just this often this thing that you see from the people in the room that are Christians, especially in a place where there's non-Christians and Christians is that as the Christian. Now I feel the responsibility that I have to be OK. Right. You know, and so and I know because uh in my own experience, like when crap hits the fan and there's these moments of tragedy, I think a huge piece of that is 
properly mourning in that moment Mm -hmm. so that you can be okay as you move forward. But I know for me, there have been times like, I mean, I was a little kid, but like when my parents got divorced, I didn't properly deal with that. Right. I was like, oh, sweet. I mean, you just act Mm -hmm. like everything's okay. Two Christmases, two houses, two Christmases, two houses. I mean, we got all the stuff. Both parents are trying to be the cool one. (laughs) We used to play. My dad bought us a dartboard. Uh I bet we put 400 holes in the wall. I sucked at darts, but just all of that. (laughs) And then years later, like I'm now I'm in a class um, and we're talking through this process of like Mm -hmm. your brain and how your brain works and you're drawing pictures and doing all this stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that affected me. And I didn't realize it right? because I didn't deal with it in the moment. And I was Mm -hmm. a little kid, but it was a beautiful picture for me moving forward of how much something can impact your decision-making over a a span of, I mean, decades for me, it was from the age eight and now I'm 25, about to be 26, and I'm just now dealing with this. Right. And it's like, oh. But I think it's really cool, too, now that I actually know Jesus and have an opportunity to deal with those things. And I'm experiencing right. the same stuff that you were saying. Yeah. Peace and just this grace that Jesus gives or God gives and through his son Jesus. And I'm just, and it's just, oh, it's so beautiful seeing yeah. all that and how God is now using it yeah. um, to impact students. But Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I just want to, Make sure that I said that clearly, that if there are people listening who have experienced tragedy and they're like, this is my fault, what, you know, what, this is all me. And they're feeling like we're talking about the shame and the guilt and the just the Mm self-loathing is the only way I can put it, is Jesus, God, like you said, through Mm -hmm. Jesus is a merciful, there's mercy, there's forgiveness there is grace and love and it you can get through that yeah. and get to that place of peace. I just really want to make sure I say For that sure. clearly. No, that's a, I love that promise. Matt, any thoughts to add to all that? Um, yeah, it, 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 it all comes back to the garden and, and sin. Um, it, you know, we get into these sinful habits and our, our hearts are hardened, mm. you know, yeah. and we make terrible decisions um, as we go through life. And, and yes, you know, and I think that's what makes it difficult for me sometimes to fully embrace God's grace and his mm. forgiveness. Cause it's so easy. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I I'll often not feel worthy. Right. It's like, I did these terrible mm-hmm. things. I made these terrible choices. I'm living with these consequences, and yet you still love me. You forgive me when I come to you and repent. Yeah. But, man, that's yeah. that's hard for me to, oh, for sure. to I truly think, accept that truth. I think if anybody was narcissistic to admit, like, it's really easy for me to receive the forgiveness that I didn't do anything right. right so right, so right, I think right. that's a very natural response um, yeah. to to the to the things that we do wrong and then just this insane concept that Jesus presents of forgiveness without anything. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think just the world we lived in is forgiveness always comes with but okay, but what are you going to do to pay it back? Well, and I think what what the story that I try to cling to is the woman at the well. Mm. You know, when you when he says go and sin no more, I think I think it's easy for many of us to to not think about that aspect of the story. It's like, okay, I made these terrible decisions. I'm really a sinful person. Um, God's forgiven me. 
cool. Mm-hmm. What's the next terrible decision I can make? <laughs> right. You know, that we, we, I'm free. <laughs> even, even with the truth of that grace and forgiveness, we are called to be better. We uh-huh. are called yeah. to go and sin no more, even mm-hmm. though that we know that we can't achieve right. that. But there is, there is a calling for us to, to grow live. and be better yeah. um, as we, as we yeah. go forward. For it's sure. like, it's like we fall and he picks us up, dusts our, yeah. like your kid falls and he goes, all right, go try again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I'll just try again. For you guys. Yeah. I don't know. This is I, not all the time. Do I have, I don't think very many married couples would agree to come sit across the table. <laughs> I just found about setting. this today. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, for you guys, have you found that the way you deal with tragedy, um, separate but then you're like directly impacts each other as well in your relationship how have you guys kind of worked through dealing with those things because you both go through stuff you right? assume we mm. work through these things right well any, <laughs> i mean just I don't, any, for the people because i mean everybody's going through stuff and i think a difficult thing because often what i've found for myself at least is when i hit tragedy it instantly becomes about i go into survival mode mm-hmm. of britain Mm-hmm. And so, in a marriage, or in a relationship, <laughs> you're going to find it? out soon that that doesn't—that's not going to work. I know that's that's the that's the secret of everybody thinks I'm asking for them. I'm actually asking for me. So, I I totally relate to that. I tend to I I think you'll agree with me. I know you will. You will agree with me. But no, so I that's do. The secret. I yeah. Absolutely. You say yes, dear. Isolate and lick my wounds and. Try not to push it on other people, but but then Matt is really um, trying to think of the right Cody, word. Codependent. No, 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 <laughs> no. But yes, but in a good way. No, like you're really in tune with that. You, because you're a servant, you have a servant's heart, and so you always want to make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So I think you tend to um, triage me for, like first, and maybe not deal with your own pain until later but i yeah i think i do same thing i go into survival mode yeah. which is not always very pretty right but um but matt's really patient and you're much better than i am mm, maybe <laughs> i think you're really good at it yeah what about from your end of it what are your i'm the one if the plane is going down and the ox- oxygen mass drop I'll start putting masks masks on other people right, and right. not put one on myself. Yeah. So that's yeah. and you. if there's only one mask, I'm like, oh, sorry, babe, and I take it for myself. <laughs> uh, I was watching a show the other day, and the plane is landing, and it's clearly hit the ground, and then the oxygen mask drop out, and the husband pushes his wife and grabs the mask and puts it on, and it's there like this go. huge fight that they that's have pretty now. much it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, well, and I think that comes though from. Um, just to, I guess, uh, see, I always just say the wrong thing. I was going to say the word cliche, but, you know, you mm-hmm. would just discuss this. You have trauma, childhood trauma. Right. I have lots of childhood trauma. And so I think um, you just become sort of uh, self-sufficient at a young age. No, not self-sufficient. Yeah, self-sufficient. Yeah. And independent, yeah. Independent, yeah, at a young age. And um, so, so when trauma comes around and more tragedy, you just go into learned behaviors right which mm. is like on the ground hands over your head be small right do you know what i mean Make survival it's, it's just survival right. <laughs> survival <laughs> yeah. mechanisms yeah, yeah it is or yeah. fight yeah right it's one of the two so how of in coming into like a marriage where you're in 
And obviously, I'm not saying you don't yeah. have to, but what does that look like? Like how, what does the process look like of bringing somebody else into that? And how has that helped along the way? It's, yeah, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Like we spent the first while that we were kind of dating before we got married. And first of all, we did counseling. I've been in counseling for so long, so long. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. It's been a really long time. <laughs> oh, wow. It's been a long time. But which applies I'm not learning anything, but no, I am. But um, so uh, the fight or flight thing, yeah. right? So if I felt, you know, grief or loss or whatever, I would fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm trying to learn to, um, with Matt, because he's quite gentle and compassionate, right. um, would be to just be still for a minute. Mm. Um, and learn to pause between the event and my reaction yeah. and move more to the event and a response as opposed to just flipping out. Yeah, And so I've th- learned how to duck very yeah. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. In every way, yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah. No, um, I think, yeah, we've learned just to be yeah. quieter mm. and, and be still and allow space and time to process through it. Yeah. Um, but... I think, I think that's so, been yeah. that's been often my in in the midst of faith in the midst of tragedy. I think a huge piece of what you just said d- ties directly into what does it look like to be and maintain faith and dependence on God in the midst of mm-hmm. difficulty. And I think the thing you just said of just be still for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because I think so often just our culture has taught us to fix it, whatever yeah. that looks yeah. like. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous that funerals happen two days after people die. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy. This how quickly we can because I mean you see people there's tragedy and then all of a sudden now we're planning an event right and it's like that seems so, so you can have closure that seems healthy right <laughs> like, yeah what? let's let's deal and so but I think you just the perfect picture of that that Jesus shows is kind of this just peace be still for a moment mm-hmm. just be still wait sit yeah. be quiet right yeah. let let me let, allow me yeah, ex- yeah let me allow yeah. me whatever it is he needs to yeah allow me to give you comfort, allow me to heal you, allow me yeah. to, you know, just be with you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we tend to want to be reactionary mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in that. Uh, I don't know how to say this carefully, but I think it... You don't have to. Okay. This is our podcast. <laughs> I right? already, so I already covered that. You're in good. all honesty, this is your podcast. <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's true. You can edit all yeah. this out. This happens out. or doesn't happen because of me. Um, yeah. So I guess what I was going to say about that is from my perspective it comes it really comes down to self-control mm-hmm. you know can we have enough self-control to not overreact or um to you know flip our lids can we um yeah just have that the self-control to be able to get to that space quickly mm. of being quiet trying to listen to what God is going to tell us um, in those moments. Um, can, you know, can we do that, you know, more quickly than, <laughs> than we have been um, to, to, to find that space um, right away? Yeah. Because being reactionary isn't really going to help us, mm. you know, if we're yeah. spinning or flipping our lid. Yeah. Now, certainly, you know, we're human and we have emotions and, right. and we're going to react to things, but... Um, not ignoring those emotions, but yes. but I think letting them rightfully sort out. 
because I think whenever we just react, those aren't the actual emotions we're experiencing. Those are the ones we've we've deemed necessary for the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And so something that Tim has really um, worked through with me personally, and I've just heard him work through, is often what most emotions boil back down to is we're scared. There's mm-hmm. a fear. lot of fear involved. All fear. And so, it, I mean, you always see the family fighting at the funeral. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people that are just really scared yeah. of either life without this person or did I do all the right things in their life up to now? Or there's a ton of self-analysis of what could I have done better, but it all boils back down to fear. But I think it's easier to choose the emotion I'm going to experience, whether it be anger, stress, anxiety. I'm going to force this emotion through doing more mm-hmm. because I'm really scared of what yeah, might happen yeah. if I allow this to sort out and I actually deal with what's actually going on down right. here. Yeah. We all have our survival yeah. mechanisms and our oh, defense 100%. mechanisms yeah. that and we've is, developed since, yeah. you know, And as I'm childhood. saying this, it's not, oh, well, this is what I do yeah, yeah, every yeah. single time. Like, no, my yeah. instantaneous Britain Bishop response, I'll air it out for everyone out there, right? Glass house. Tragedy strikes, I will act like everything's okay and try to make somebody laugh. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Britain Show. <laughs> Hope, good luck. Well, and what I, when we, as we're talking about this and we're talking about all these different responses, you know, fight, flight, fearful, whatever, um, anger, uh, like you do, just yeah. make it okay and, and do the song and dance so people will laugh well, and get I a respite. I try to do songs all the time, but somebody won't let me no. audition. Ouch. You know what? Ooh. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I've been hearing I, it for I, Is that for this podcast? I think I might have a spot for you somewhere coming up in the next weeks, months, and years. Um, but when we look at that story of Lazarus, um, Jesus is one thing. He, he, one thing, he just weeps. Mm. Simple. Yeah. Just allows the emotion and just weeps. And how many of us are can't cry, won't do that, you know? But he doesn't have this plethora of conflicting and complicated emotions. He just simply weeps. just weeps yeah and the then moment. and then after his weeping you know and he calls out to god and says thank you for hearing me mm. do you know what i mean he mm. just so he he has a good old he has a little cry so my step this is cry. okay here we go yeah so my stepmom <laughs> always says oh, she's just the best thing ever she says she say like if you're feeling a bit uptight she say you should have a little cry you'll feel much better have a little cry and it's literally scripture right in reading that, it's like, just have a little cry. You'll feel much better. Go up in the room, have a little cry. And so it is. Go have a little cry. Jesus weeps, but he doesn't rant and he doesn't rage and he doesn't um, project and he doesn't try to make it okay. He doesn't do any of those things. He just simply, like, isn't that the shortest verse? This Jesus wept, two yep. words. That's it. Yeah. And then he says, God, thank you for hearing me. And make my friend live again yeah right right it's just that simple yeah and i think just that i i love the what you just the beautiful nugget that you just pulled out of that scripture god thanks for hearing me Hmm. but jesus is acknowledging that in the midst of those emotions how often do we shake our fist at god and then we how dare you I got to go fix this now, yeah. right? Or even just why? Yeah. Or even not with anger, we yeah. just cry out, why, why, why? And I don't understand. Or And it's like, just grieve simply. Yeah. And then he's hearing you. Simple grief. That's a concept. He will you need to write up. I think that's a huge... Oh, man, Hashtag that's good. No, grief. I think just like that, <laughs> in the midst of tragedy and trying to maintain faith in the midst of tragedies, can we boil it down to just keep it simple, right? Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to grieve. Yeah, Yeah, allow yourself to walk 
into that tragedy that maybe you're trying to do so much on the outside so you don't actually have to experience it or you get so stuck in the middle of it that you're you overcomplicate all of this and you begin bringing in outside factors that don't tie directly to just this situation of what we need to deal with right mm-hmm. but simply mourn let there be the emotion that you're experiencing mm-hmm. in that moment and then the crazy concept for Christians today thank god for hearing you mm-hmm. and then ask him what he wants to do mm-hmm. Right, because so often I think grieving, especially, um, I think that's something that bring even non Christians pray when tragedy strikes. I mean, you have so many people that aren't consistently following Jesus in the way of Jesus, but in the midst of tragedy, I mean, will you pray mm-hmm. for us? Is one of the first right. responses. It's beautiful. Right. I think it paints to a picture of a desire to be known by something mm-hmm. greater and to be impacted by that. And there's an incredible opportunity for the gospel there. But as well, I think for the Christian is is the only time we pray when we need something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that often we get uncomfortable when this is what I need, this is what I need, this is what I need, but we don't know actually what it looks like for God to move in our life because we're only asking in these moments of tragedy. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. It does. And I think too, you know, I think, yeah, I think most churches have done series about, you know, how we twist piece of scripture and obviously one of the big ones is um or one of the things we say is he'll never give you more than you can handle i don't think scripture (laughs) i think that's just a thing we say you ever seen those things it's scripture or shakespeare yeah and you have to try to decide which one it is i haven't Uh, (laughs) they're kind of funny (laughs) but um um god will never give more can handle completely absolutely that's not true Mm -hmm. so um as long as you're walking with him Mm -hmm. absolutely we can handle it so i think you know, sometimes when we have terrible loss, you know, death of a loved one, with a parent or a spouse or a child, which I can't even begin to imagine, no. having not been through that. But, um, uh, yeah, I think I've heard people say, I don't know how to get through this. Hmm. I just don't know how to, you know, take another breath. I don't know how to take another step. I don't know how to wake up another day. I just don't know how to do this. And it's like, do you, do we believe, especially as followers, that he hasn't given you the tools to do this? Mm. Do you believe he's going to leave you? Yeah. yeah, like Matt was saying, he didn't make it happen, but he's allowing it to happen, which is a really difficult concept to get yeah. our heads around. And yet it's true. But he's given you what you need to get through it with him. Yeah. With him. Yeah, and there's a He's not going to leave you hanging. Beautiful picture of that in the Change Life story that we heard from John Williams. Right. Um, oh he my shares gosh. a story of his son um, yeah. passing away. Exactly. And he says a phrase in it that I think is just so, it's a John Williams like, <laughs> glance across and you just uh-huh. like oh yeah john said that but it's like you can either choose to get better or, mm-hmm. or get bitter or better mm-hmm. and i think that i mean i love that's my favorite part of doing the podcast and being a part of this church is i have the examples to look at of oh mm-hmm. so that's what it looks like but i think for the person that maybe is listening that doesn't have that example or doesn't have mm-hmm. that community i think another huge part of i don't know how to do this yeah. surround yourself with people that do yeah i think a huge piece of tragedy is we isolate and I think that what we see here in this picture with Lazarus's death is they're together. Mary comes and she's with Jesus, and they're they're at the whole squad is there, and they're weeping together, and they're mourning mm-hmm. together, and they're in community with people. It's not about carrying this on your own, but come into community. Let's sort through this together because there are going to be days where, dude, I don't know what it's going to look like because mm-hmm. I I haven't been through any of those significant tragedies of losing a loved one. I mean, I'm only twenty five, but. Right. But I know from the stories that I've heard and the people that I've seen get through it, a key piece of that is surrounding yourself with 
community. So, and that's a difficult thing to do is to to wade into community and understanding I'm going to be the weakest one in the room yeah. right now. Or, or just exhausting if you, because you probably feel when people are, you know, let's say, you know, if it is, when, if somebody around you, someone close to you passes away and, you know, all these people come around and bring any casseroles and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and And you have to get through, like you said, the funeral and you have to, you have to do all that and, and you can't talk anymore. You just mm. cannot say any more words. You're just done. Just um, sitting in the quiet too, mm. having people who are ha- willing to sit in the quiet with yeah. you. No expectations. I'm not trying to fix you. Yeah, yeah, and not say anything other than I'm really sad. Yeah. I think Brene Brown talks about that. Absolutely love her. And, you know, just n- being like, oh, I can't approach a person because I don't know what to say. Mm. Just saying I'm really sad yeah. that this is happening to you or happened to you can I just sit with you? So, and and so, so the reality that people cannot do that every single day forever and ever and ever. We know at some point, um, you know, we were at a funeral the other week. An incredibly insightful young man who just lost his parent um, said, "We know, you know, my brother and my other parent and I. We know that you, you're all here for us, but your lives go on. So allow those people to be with you all they can to shore you up." And to give you comfort in mm. the immediate, but then know that the the long term comfort absolutely comes from God. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and sit and just be with Him. Yes. Yeah, I think that's and huge. say thank you for hearing me. Yeah, yeah that's good because I, I remember <laughs> one of the most profound things a friend has ever said to me um, in a time of my life where I was like, man, my life is like I just became a Christian. Now you're doing all like just, I mean, crazy stuff. Just it's all in my change life story. Remember my uh, dear friend and mentor, Trey, uh, he came to my house and I was sitting there and I think it's like, I'm like a four day binge cry. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't even cry that much. I cry, but not that much. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Calm down. British lady. It's fine. I know you (laughs) guys. We can roll with Judging you. But uh, you should edit that out. We know better. I don't want to be a part of that. (laughs) So (laughs) he comes in and he sits down. And he was probably there for two hours. And the only words that came out of his mouth in two hours were just like, yeah, this sucks, bro. Mm -hmm. And it was like, dang, he cares about me. That's a friend right right there. Yeah, And it's like, I didn't say a word to him. And he's like, this sucks. All right, man, we'll see you later. And he got up and he left. But he sat there with me for two hours. And didn't, and he just didn't. And it wasn't like, oh, he's going to look at his phone. He was just sat there. Now, was he saying this sucks? And then just got up and left because it sucked. It was like it It was like sitting with you. He spaced it out very well. He's like, "Oh, this is so bad. This sucks. I'm I'm so embarrassed for you." Yeah, because that would have been me. So, wow. (laughs) Checking Uh, his watch. Sorry, that's that's my defense mechanism. Well, and mine too, because I'm British. But yeah, I'm always the first one to cry. I've proven that in most groups I'm a part of. No. You were there. I mean, Foster came and visits the staff. Oh yeah, I looked away. That was instant. Dude, I was so was embarrassed for I mean, you. Just, oh, get out of here. I'm not embarrassed of my tears. No, no. I'm saying I'm embarrassed for you. I'll carry that for you. I was like, this is happening right now. Oh, no. One of these days. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. There's going to be a public shaming if I ever see you cry, Victoria. <laughs> Too bad it'll never happen. You'll um, be waiting for that one. Yeah. But, no, I think... Uh, Wait, is that hell freezing over? What is that noise? <laughs> yes. They have much. to put your tear ducts back in. Yes. Have uh, them removed. British people and emotions. So, it is funny yeah. that you're the one that's like, this is how we're going to do emotions, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's a common thing. I remember I was listening to a podcast and there, this guy, he's a 
paratrooper in like the British yeah. Special Forces, and he's talking about this bombing that happens, and he goes, "It was a rather unfortunate day." And yes. it's like that would be how <laughs> you do. describe yes. the mass. We are the master <laughs> of the understatement. <laughs> it's true. It's so, true. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, thank you guys. It was awesome. Is that uh, it? Yeah. I for mean, real? Unless we got anything else to say. Wow. I just talked a bunch of rubbish for like no, an hour. I appreciated it. So, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> <got it. laughs> I love it. No, I think I that think ultimately great I wanted expression. to agree with you, and then I decided that <laughs> probably isn't the best thing. No, I think uh, I think I think that's the key though. Is there's a re- you can talk around faith in the midst of tragedy, and we could bring all these ideas into it. But I think just ultimately what it boils down to is this idea that Jesus is present. He mm-hmm. cares. Um, he's shown us through his word and through his character that um, he's experienced it with people. Um, and I think ultimately what we build it down to, there's some beautiful nuggets in there that I don't want to get lost in um, a desire to create more content. But just this right. idea of keep, keep your morning simple mm-hmm. um, and try to do it with community. Allow it to happen. Yeah. yeah. And and be okay with the fact, like <laughs> I think you said it really well, is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as Christians, something that if we can just move past this idea that I'm just going to be okay now because I have right. a relationship with Jesus, that's true. But it's also not true. If that right. You, right. You, you have an opportunity to spend eternity with a God that loves you, that cares about you, but ultimately there's going to be suffering on this side of eternity because of sin. And so be okay with the fact that tragedy is probably going to happen and you've probably already been through some. Right. And uh, ultimately... Seek Jesus and seek community is kind of what this boils down to. And it was a super simple episode, and I know that usually when John or Tim is here, we have this beautiful story. But I think, I think I, this is yeah. exactly what needed to be said: is if you're well, going through I, something, find community and, and find I Jesus. Think too, something that we said probably a bazillion times, so many times, this person that we love so much, and that our love just kind of in the face of addiction just. I'm not going to say it wasn't enough, but it wasn't enough. Mm. But um, we probably said so many times, we love you and you are so worthy of that love and of Jesus' love, of God's love. Mm. And I think if there's anybody listening and you're in that place where a tragedy and you're blaming yourself and you just feel like the worst human being and you cannot see a way through it and you cannot believe that you're even remotely lovable or any of those things, you... You, are, you don't deserve it, 100%. We are worthy of it because just by virtue of who we are, we were mm. created by God. We're worthy of it, but we don't deserve it. Yeah. No way. So, But you are worthy of it. Mm. You And I just think sometimes it's so hard when you're in that difficult place of just feeling like the lowest of the low. Yeah. Like, And you just cannot believe you are. You are worthy yeah. of love and forgiveness and grace. And there is peace on the other side, and it's all out there. Yeah, it is there for you. And Jesus deemed it worthy to go through the process too. Exactly, it's not just this weighty thing that's been thrown out, but there was a process, and somebody exactly. I mean, he suffered for that. That's why. And so, and I think that that's a huge, beautiful picture of how much he loves us. Not only does he weep with us, he died for us. He's Mm -hmm. gone before us. Yeah, and we're not Mm going to experience anything that he hasn't. Yeah, right. But he's present. And I love that uh, that that what you that nugget you pulled out. Thanks for hearing me, Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in the midst of uh, tragedy, um, and this idea of keeping faith in the midst of tragedy, um, kind of remove the idea that faith is something you can merely hold. 
but it's something that you mm-hmm. are, I think, ultimately. And so allow yourself um, to grow deeper into community, deeper into relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and understand that sometimes it just sucks. So, uh, Matt, Victoria, man, thank you guys for coming and hanging out. I know the Thanks. dungeon is uncomfortable, but uh, <laughs> I even drank tea instead of coffee just for you <gasps> Did guys. You? Just ah. for you guys. So, I could cry, but I'm yeah. not going to. Dang it. <laughs> I thought that would be the one. No, it's <laughs> no, not, not even uh, close. <laughs> Tap family, you guys know what to do. Uh, subscribe. Make sure you're sharing these podcasts on any social platform that you see it posted on. And uh, get excited. There is an announcement coming someday soon uh, something to get excited about tab Ooh. family so we shall see what it is but i know what it is get excited yep so <laughs> <laughs> uh, tab family until next time this is matt victoria and Britton signing off if you spill your tea i might cry